I want to thank you for uh, really, as a community, committing to get into a life group, reading a book. It's been so good watching people connect to what God is doing and what he wants to do. And so we're talking about something that I think it, when we use these words, it becomes a bit controversial. It becomes something that you have to qualify. And, and uh, we're talking today about prophecy. And um, I will, I'll tell you, this is an area where I've just seen so much weirdness in the body of Christ, right? I mean, and I'm not going to repeat the chapter. I think Pete does a great job dealing with this. So I'm going to try again. My message is I try to compliment the chapter because I want you to read the book. If I just reiterate the chapter, then you won't read, okay? But... Um, uh, prophecy is one of these areas where I personally, as a pastor, have just gone, man, you know, I struggle with that because it just seems like, like uh, it gets misused, it, 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 it uh, turns to something else than really God speaking. And I remember a time in my life where we had been uh, at least a decade church planting in Europe and our mission was talking about um, maybe having us move to Germany. There was a German guy who was planning a, a church. I think it was in Berlin. I had met with him, and he's like, would you, would you consider moving to Berlin? And we were living in Portugal at the time and, and helping mentor this German guy planting this church. So I visited him. We were praying about Scandinavia, and he'd gone to Finland, and, and uh, we were praying about move into Finland and plant an international church there. And, but deep down inside, I was just like, man, I would just like to take a little break. You know, the word sabbatical was in my head. And, but it was one of these things that I just didn't talk about because I felt, well, that's a little selfish. You know, like, what is a sabbatical? Who gets to take those anyway? You know, and... and there was a woman that some people know, and she was speaking up in an Assembly God Bible school up north of uh, Portugal and more in the uh, hilly area. And, and, and uh, I, hadn't, I really had never heard of this person, and so there, there was a guy on our team, and he was like, here, I'll introduce you to the speaker. And, and he says, um, and, and so she says to me, maybe God will give me something for you. And so we're, we're talking back and forth, and in the middle of us having a conversation, she looks at me and goes, God wants you to take a sabbatical. And I'm just like, what the heck? How, wait, this is, these are uncommunicated desires and thoughts that this stranger just Boom, and she talked about, you know, spending time with your family and this kind of stuff, and, 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 uh, and it was interesting. The only other weird thing about it is, and I can't remember if it was East or West Africa, she goes, I see this in your future, and then years later, Tom asked, you know, me to travel with him, and I ended up doing this, remember, the African mission. I'm like, that was, that was interesting, and, and so what, what that did is that was, that was sort of the gift of prophecy, being used in an appropriate fashion. It was giving me personal direction, personal encouragement. 
we were leaving Portugal praying about what to do next, I had an underlying desire deep down to take a sabbatical. That was when I started a doctor of ministry and I did a bunch of other stuff. And, and, um, and the Lord used this woman to speak into my life. So we're going to talk today a little bit about how the prophecy works today and, and um, really challenge us to move in this gift that is available to the body. Let's pray together. Lord, I, I just ask for the ability to, to communicate your word clearly with grace and truth. We thank you that you are our God and that you are the one that gives good gifts to your body and the greatest gift salvation in the Holy Spirit in Jesus name amen you know so I want to say a couple things uh, just about um, prophecy so when we talk about prophecy we make a very clear distinction between the continued writing of Scripture and the directional leading of the Holy Spirit. You have to make that distinction. That we call the Bible, they call it the canon. There are 66 books here. And that God spoke very specifically in the writing of Scripture. And that we have his word here in the Bible. And some people stop there. Some people say because the Bible is written, we don't need a prophetic gift in the body of Christ. That prophetic gift was for the past. It was for the age of the apostles. It's not continued in the church. Have you ever heard that before? So we're part of an association of churches called the Vineyard, and, and our conviction is that the gifts of the Spirit are still available today, as evidence as I shared early on. And so you and I need to realize that if you believe the gifts of the Spirit are still available today, you're going to have these moments where the Lord is going to be highlighting something, giving you a thought, giving you an idea, giving you a picture, giving you an impression, and you're going to be asking yourself, is that really you, God? You ever done that? Is that really you? And, and you're going to be struggling with the whole thing. And I hope I'm causing you to struggle during this sermon series where I tell you that Jesus says, my sheep, hear my voice and follow. Because some of you have had a category of people for there are those that hear the voice of the Lord, but I'm not one of them. My job as a sheep is to follow the other sheep that hear the voice. I cannot hear the voice of the Lord and you need to go back to Jesus and say, well, Jesus, is John 10 for me? And you need to realize this. The Bible also says we hear in part, we prophesy in part. But someday we'll see face to face. And because we don't always get it right, because we struggle sometimes to hear the Lord, we, we want to we just cut that off because we, we want to have in our spiritual life, we want to almost be like Moses climbing the mountain, getting the tablets and going, hey, I've heard God. But the reality is, is many times, many times, the Lord speaks to us quietly in whispers and thoughts and impressions. 
And we know this, and I believe Peter talked about this, and I don't believe it ever, uh, ever stopped, and he's quoting the Old Testament prophet Joel. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I just want to have a question. Are you a son or a daughter? We have no test tube babies here. Okay. Um, then it says that this God prophesied this. God spoke this years ago. Your sons and daughters were prophesied. Your young men will see visions. I always thought the Bible should say your old men will see visions. Because, you know, as you get older, you sort of lose it a little bit. But it says your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Fair enough. Um, even on my servants, both men and women. Now catch that right there. Because there was a pretty strong Old Testament division between who could minister before the Lord. You had to be a male Levite. And so Joel was prophesying something pretty radical to the nation of Israel that in the future there will come a time that both men and women will receive the Spirit. Ooh, I don't like that. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it's, um, women have a, a natural intuition that's really good. Have you ever noticed that before? And, and sometimes it's really, it's, it's as men, sometimes we want to delegate spiritual things to women and, and sort of abdicate that whole listening piece as men. That's not Jesus. He, he says it goes together. It's not an either or. It's not, oh, you're the spiritual one. I'm the non-spiritual one. No. He says both men and women together will hear the Lord. And I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Let me tell you, when you want to study under, and understand New Testament theology, when, when God um, sent Jesus to come, and the ministry of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit, that is considered from now on for 2,000 plus years. Do you know what we've been living in in the Bible? The end times. And I say, oh, is it the end times? Oh, is it the end times? Yes, it's been the end times for 2,000 years because we are living in a time where God's Spirit is poured out and these gifts are available to us today. We need to talk about how we're going to use them. And so right now, the first thing I want you to realize is if you don't believe the gifts are available to today, then you need to go to your Bible and you need to have a conversation with Jesus. And if you do believe they are today, then we need to be open-hearted to how God wants to use us today in this world because it needs more people more of us that are the peacekeepers, that are the bringers of love and truth, that are the be, uh, able to serve others, and because it needs more and more and more of us in our crazy mixed-up world we live in. So one of the things you need to realize is that the gift that God has given you is a gift for others. Read this. this we'll read this passage together. It says, For by... The grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment 
in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And, and I, and I want to stop there because one of the challenges, and, and, and so I'm, I'm letting the chapter give this sort of broad overview and apologetic for the gift of prophecy, and I just want to sort of to, to center on some of the things that I think need balance in the body of Christ. So this has been an area I wanted to grow in. So there was a church where my daughters were attending a, a ministry school, and they offered a prophecy conference. And I thought, okay, this is something I would never go to, so I'm going to go to it. Because it's just like, this is, this is an area where I need to be expanded and grow because I have, a, I have a prejudice against people that call themselves prophet. I'm just being honest with you. It's, 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 it was harder for me. And it, and it was fascinating. I mean, I, uh, the, some of the talks were fascinating. Some of the stories were fascinating. I mean, one of the guys that was talking, he said, you know, before I was in ministry full-time, I was an auto mechanic. And he goes, I could take in a half an hour to figure out what was wrong with this car, or I could ask Jesus and get it in five minutes. Like, I mean, it was just really, some really strange stuff, but, he, but this was this guy's story. And one of the dangers that we've seen with the prophetic movement, because the vineyard, for a long while, was, was, um, had a, a, a real prophetic surge in it. Now, if you knew this, if you studied the history of the vineyard, this is what happened in the vineyard. And there were people with certain names, I'm not here to cause division or mention names, but see people with certain names that got raised up as prophets. And so when I went to this conference, it was that same kind of attitude. We're going to invite some of the prophets here, and we're going to learn from the prophets. And that makes me the special prophet guy or gal and you guys the sheep that just want a word from the lord here's what happened in the vineyard yeah john wimber who started the vineyard used to let things sort of grow and he would in the movement things would happen and he would let it grow and then and then after a while he'd go you know what it's time to prune it back and do you know why John Wimber pruned back the prophetic movement? Because he saw that certain individuals got raised up, which meant one of the basic values in the vineyard, and one of the basic values is stated this way, everybody gets to play. Can we say that together? Everybody gets to play. The average person who's called to hear the Lord and follow got put lower, and these people with the prophetic gifts got put on pedestals. And he's like, this is not what God has for the church. And that's why I think the Apostle Paul said this, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Because uh, I was reading a Facebook post this past year, and there was a guy, and he's like, hey, I remember I prophesied this, and, and, and look at this, and he's finding a connection, and this was in this year past. And, and the, there's nothing wrong with the prophetic gift. But do you know what happens? If God gives you a prophetic word, and you turn it to be all about you, we're missing the point. Because your gift that God gives you 
is not to go, hey, look, I've got this shiny little gift. You want to see my gift? And then it's your gift is for others. It's a gift of the Spirit for others. That woman who had a prophetic gift gave me a gift. She goes, maybe God will give me something for you. I'm like, maybe, you know. And then, and then I, I remember, I felt like, I'm like, I felt dizzy afterwards. I felt like, I'm like, what do I need, deliverance? I mean, I was, I was trying to figure out. And then somebody told me later, there's this experience of being drunk in the Spirit. And I go, oh, that's it. I was, I was like, I need to sit down. <laughs> like, I just had an encounter, and I don't understand this. And uh, I, it was true. that It was really a wild moment in my life. I didn't understand those feelings. I didn't understand what God was doing. I, he just knew he gave me this word, and I was like, oh, my goodness. But she used it for others. And, and the cool thing about it is I heard her speak later, and this lady, when she preaches, sounds like nails on a chalkboard. And she's a screamer. And, and I... And I realize that, you know, had I sat in her session, I probably would have had this big prejudice against her. I probably would not have gone down for prayer ministry, but I met her between sessions on a sidewalk in between the building, and she was just this normal person, and, and so I didn't have any prejudice, and I'm just being honest. You can judge me if you'd like. I'm just being honest with you. I'm a normal person, too, and there are certain voices that I find more interesting to listen to, but high-pitched screamers, that's a hard one for me. I mean, God, can, he does speak through all of us. And Are any of you guys like me? Okay, so, I mean, we try to, and, I, and you have to work through your judgments and your prejudice. We all do, you know. Um, but, but when people turn the gift of prophecy about them, they're missing what the Bible says about the gifts, okay? And we always need to realize that he gives it for others. That's why this is a guiding principle, a guiding passage. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says this, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Let's read that together. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So, a lot of times we want to go to the Old Testament for our model of prophet, right? And we want to feel like God's called me to point out the sin of the church. Have you ever met those kind of people? And, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, well, help me understand how that fits with the Apostle Paul. It's for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. I was sitting in on an, uh, another session which was talking about the gifts and prophecy by another teacher um, not too long in the, in the last two years. And, and I really liked the way he taught the use of the gifts. He, he said he was teaching on this passage and, and he's talked about how God is not calling you to point out people's sin when you prophesy for them. And, and, and then somebody said, well, what if when I lay my hands on one, he gave this illustration that he was praying for someone, I think it was like a young man, and, and he got the word pornography. And, and he's like, well, whoa, and the guy's, you know, what was I supposed to do with that? And he said, you know what, if that happens to me, because that's happened, he said, that's happened to me. He said, I actually turn that, and I say, Lord, I just pray for purity. 
I, I just pray you give this man a pure heart, that you direct his desires, that, that, that you would become the greatest thing that captivates his heart, his mind, and his life. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? And for two reasons. One is, you might hear it wrong, okay? He, you might hear something, but that might not be true of that person. Or you got it right, but all you're going to do is, if you call that out, all you're going to do is increase shame. But if you take that prayer and you direct it as a prophetic prayer to guide that person's heart and mind, there's beauty and truth and grace and love. Do you see that? Because I believe this is a gift that we need to exercise in our body. It, 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 it shouldn't be uh, dormant. I think that, that we need to balance these two. And what I'm talking about very clearly is this passage on love. It says, if I speak in tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, okay? Apostle Paul's saying, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And then I'm going to read this. And Mike and Kelly, you got this last week. How, how many of you had this read at your wedding? You know, and how, how many of you spouses say, well, that's God's love. I can't live up to that, you know. Have you heard that one before? No? Oh, you didn't go to seminary. I had a buddy in seminary, and he goes, I, I'm going to seminary so I can figure out all the loopholes. I'm like, wow, wow. Okay. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Do you, do you see how that gift of prophecy works there? Do you see how that was really good advice? It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I want to pause there and tell you, this week I was texting someone, and it's, uh, I, it was, I use talk to text, and it's really bad, because sometimes I don't read them, and I send them, and then I have to look and apologize later. And I was doing talk to text, and I said, yeah, sure, no problem. If you're, you know, come if you're able. And then this one I looked at, and it said, come if you're evil. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so glad I didn't push send, because we were talking about the the um, rule of life seminar that we started to offer, you know? And it's like, well, come to our teaching if you're evil. And like, God, have mercy. I had Rebecca one time say to me, were you talking to Tex when you were texting me? And I said, yes. She goes, don't ever do that again. She wouldn't even tell me. I mean, I didn't know. But he was like, don't do that. Like, okay. Okay. I if, I, if I crossed the line, I apologized. It, it was my evil phone. It wasn't me. True. It's true. So love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. You know, and, and, and my prayer during 
this season is that we could, God would stir up the gifts in the body of Christ. And sometimes it means things get a little weird. But, but think about it this way. When you became a Christian, you received the Holy Spirit. And in that, there are gifts that he gives you. And he gives those gifts for you to use for others. And they're from his spirit. And, and in the Bible says very clearly that we need, I mean, one of the lies that's happened during the pandemic is it's me, God, and the Bible. I don't need the church. And I'm just like, what Bible do you read? And then everybody has their church wounds. Well, you don't know this person, this, this person, the church is a bunch of hypocrites. And the church is a group of imperfect people who try to follow their perfect Lord and Savior. Amen? And in that, there's a contradiction. Okay? Because we're imperfect. We fall short. And God is perfect. So you're always going to have an is and an ought gap. You have it for your life where it is and where it ought to be, okay? You have it in the church. That Jesus says he calls us his bride. And I'm like, are you looking at the same church I'm looking at? And, he, and, and the crazy thing is, if you just take a minute, he calls you his bride. And I just have to pick on Brian for a second. Brian, he calls you his bride. No! <laughs> he... That's a toughie, huh? Because there's something pure and holy and set apart in the metaphor and the picture of the bride of Christ. And he's given that bride gifts to be used. And in the book of Ephesians, it says if we use these gifts, we grow up together. We need the gifts of the Spirit to become everything God has called us to be. And so if church, if church was just coming, singing a few songs, hearing a good message, and going home, we're missing one of the things that God has said. He said, I give gifts to the body to be used. And it's not just, oh, I believe worship is a gift in the body of Christ. It's not listed in the Bible. It's a gift to go, oh, we get to use our worship gift. Or the pastor gets to use a teaching or a preaching gift. And then you go home. Oh, we get to use some serving or teaching gifts in kids' ministry. There are so many more gifts that haven't been used in just our gathering. That's why we're committed to life groups where gifts, more gifts can be used in smaller groups. But that's why each and every one of you has to come before God and ask for the gifts that he's given you and ask how to use them because it's not about you feeling all good, like, oh, I can speak in tongues, or I've got this gift, or that gift. He gives it to you for others. Because he wants to love other people through you. One of the passages that has been haunting me in this season of my life is, and I didn't put it on the screen, it's Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 1, he says, Pursue love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. 
And if you believe the Bible is the word of God, when's the last time that you eagerly desired spiritual gifts? When's the last time that you prayed that you could prophesy? That's, that's how I felt. And you know what? Everyone's going, never. Well, you know what? If you believe the Bible, and the Apostle Paul was standing here, and he's speaking to you, he's saying, eagerly desire spiritual gifts and prophecy, then you and I need to repent of not being willing to do that. And we have to say, God, I'm sorry. I've got so many walls and so many prejudices against this. But if you want to give me a word for somebody else to build them up, to encourage them, to help guide them, then I do not want to stop you. In fact, I want that in my life because I want to see everyone become everything that God has for them. And so this Sunday, we're ending with a little time of prayer. And when I ask our prayer team to come forward, I, they'll pray for anything for you. If you have sickness, some of you have been praying. My daughter had surgery this week, and we were able to go and be with her as she recovered. And the good news is it's, it, uh, they don't think it's cancer, and so it's all really good. But, but our, my life group was praying, and so it was, it was really good uh, news week for us. And so you can come and have healing prayer and these other kinds of prayers. But, but what I'm praying is that we come to deal with this prejudice we have against prophecy to deal with the prejudice we have against spiritual gifts because we think if God gives us spiritual gifts, it's going to make us weird. Well, maybe it will, I don't know. But your prejudice can hinder people's growth, guidance, development, and spiritual maturity. And there's a fresh move of the Spirit in this place, and I think we just need to be knocking on God's door again even Dawn over here going, all right, I'm going to pray a scary prayer. I've never prayed in my entire life, but it's in the Bible, and I believe the Bible, but I don't want to pray the prayer, but God says it, and I'm praying you pray the prayer. I pray you eagerly desire spiritual gifts for others, especially the gift of prophecy. Not so you can be this Old Testament prophet pointing out people's sin, but you could bring encouragement and love and faith Are you ready to pray a scary prayer? Okay, then, hey, prayer team, come on up. You got a mission? Come on up and stand up here, and we're going to, band will come up, and we're going to end with the time of prayer ministry. And I hope, I hope most of you just come up and have somebody lay hands on you and just pray over you and ask for God to release more gifts in your life. This is, this is the Jesus stuff. I don't control this stuff. This is Jesus. This is what he wants for the church. He wants a release of the gifts of the Spirit for the building up of the body. He gives these special gifts. We like to cut them out. We like to push them away because we've been hurt. We've been all, I mean, we have all our reasons. But he wants so much to give good gifts to his people so you can be encouraged. You can be built up. You can be healed. You can experience his love. So we need to have at least one more person over here who's, who's on this, someone else on this side who can do it.
Oh, we got, okay, now we're balanced. Okay, we have a problem here. We only have fem- women. Is there, is there a guy that can pray here? No men? Where's Chuck? Where did Chuck go? He left. Chuck, oh, is there a game? Okay. Oh, there's a game. Chuck. Thanks for going late, Jeremy. Now the elders are leaving for sports. All right, this will get you guys down quicker, right? Got to get the game, pray quick. Oh, the church. <laughs> so we're, we're, just, we're just a bunch of humans. Lord, we love you. We love you. We want you to move afresh in our midst. It was our prayer during worship. And I pray you'd realign us where we could align with your word. We'd eagerly desire spiritual gifts, but especially prophecy. And that you would stir up your gifts in our midst. And that you would build up your body. And that our love for others and for you would grow. So come Holy Spirit now and just take this time and use it for your glory. Use it for your glory. Release your gifts. And the Lord is just saying, just ask, just ask. I pray you come forward and just ask, say, yeah, I want to desire spiritual gifts. I want God to change my heart, or I want release of more gifts, or I want to be open to the gift of prophecy. Just come forward, just ask. People pray for you. There's, 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 just wants you to ask. So come on now. The prayer team is ready. So Lord, we just... We just want to follow you. Just ask. There's no shame. I'm going to ask too. I'm going to go here and lay hands on me because I've had these prejudices and I've been praying into it and just, you know, this is the Bible. This is the word we believe. So let's, let's just see if he do something afresh in our midst. We need him. Come, Lord. Just move, move in our midst. Move in our midst. Come. Heal us from our past wounds, misuse of the gifts. Teach us how to use them in love, how to use them in grace. Teach us, Lord. Yeah. Move afresh, Lord. Move afresh in our midst. We need you. We want to bless others. Lord, we want to bless others in the church. We want to bless others outside the church. things about the gift of prophecy can be used to reach others for Christ. I remember my daughter, uh, one daughter who functions in it, had a, we had a dental hygienist and we would go get our teeth cleaned and she'd wear a, a veil. She was a, a Muslim uh, woman, really nice lady. And uh, I have no idea what my daughter said to her. But my daughter basically read her mail one day and spoke into her life. And after that, every time I sat down in her chair, she would say, how's your daughter? She'd always ask me about the daughter who 
prophesied to her and told her some things about the living God. So remember, the gift of gods are for others. So go ahead and get some prayer. More people, make a bigger line. Let's ask God to stir the gifts up, okay? Let's stand up. I'm going to give you a blessing. But come forward. Come forward. Just open your heart to what he wants to do through you today. We're yours, Lord. This is your church. It's not my church. It's your church. We all have uh, a lot of prejudice in the area gifts, myself included. But I, I want to align myself with your word today and just say, give us that desire for spiritual gifts, particularly the gift of prophecy, to build up your body, to encourage others, to reach others that are lost. So may the Lord truly bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he lift his very favor on you and give you his peace. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Please don't leave until you get prayer. I'll stand down here for a few minutes. And